Introducing Mortgage Matters. He has no idea how bad it is out there. He has no idea. A show dedicated to helping you navigate a challenging and ever-changing financial and real estate landscape. The economy continues to face numerous difficulties. Now, your hosts, Dan Podesto and Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. The fact that you're being called upon to help clean up Wall Street's mess is an outrage. Broadcasting outrage. live from the KVEC studios in San Luis Obispo. What economy are you talking about? Talking it's about time about. for Mortgage Matters. Hi, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Mortgage Matters. It's five after 10. Glad you joined us. How about that? It's November. There you go. The sneaking by pretty quick. I don't know how these uh, days turn into weeks or turn it into months. Feels like the time goes faster the older I get. That is true. So we're lacking the Dan Podesto today. He's uh, taking a day off to complete some of the honeydew items. So in his chair, we've got the the talented Will Barnaby. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing all right. I'm a, I've, I had a crazy morning already. Got up early to get some things done, and I've been racing the clock. But hey, we made it. Because live radio doesn't wait. No, it does not. It just doesn't. Something about 11.05 or 10.05, meaning 10.05. Right. Just smack <laughs> I mean, dab just, right there. <laughs> I, you got to admit, though, I do pretty good at sliding in here at like 10.01, 10.02. Shit, 10.04. <laughs> I've only actually had to have Dan like begin talking as I'm on the sidewalk, I think, once. That's not bad for five years. No. I'm not. I'm not actually a late person, though. I I try to be on time. I find that tardiness is an act of passive aggression. What do you think? I agree. <laughs> Plus, I feel like I need to catch up the whole time. It just it doesn't just last for that minute that you're late. It lasts for the next I don't know three four hours, and then I finally spoken feel like, like I... a true golfer. <laughs> if you have to race to the first hole to tee off, it kind of sets the tone for the whole round. It really does. You should get there and stretch, putt a little, get your hat on, set the tone for the round that way. Yeah, wait for one of your buddies to be the guy that's late. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah. All right. So we got a couple of hours today. We've got a uh, a guest coming in from 11 to noon that's going to join Will and I, another North County realtor. Um, it's been fun for me to have different real estate agents on the show. Um, as, as you're well aware, there's about as many different um, types and personalities of real estate agents as there are types of properties for sale. <laughs> that is true. If not more. So yeah, we we certainly see a, a broad mix of the the type and perspective of uh, different realtors. So I'm excited about that, and um, yeah. So what we're gonna do here is uh, do some of the use. We had some we had some economic data today or this week that I that I prepared to share today. By the way, I'm a little bit panicky over here because Mr. Barnaby um, has brought sunglasses and a cup of coffee it appears so i'm prepared <laughs> i am prepared well, to be on the like, radio he's got like an iphone over there yeah i got my phone my little cheat okay sheet. there you go there there you and it, and of course it's all in that vault upstairs. yes this keeps it right up the neural that, that head unit's not just for looks good times hey so um you know, I do a weekly meeting every week with a group of real estate agents, and uh, every week I, I give them information 
um, that kind of supports what's going on in the market or at least attempts to explain it a little bit. This week's kind of a disconnected one because um, overall, so the relative piece, I think, in the lending world is that everybody wants to know what happened this week, either in terms of programs or in terms of the economics and, and more specifically the interest rates. And we know that because the interest rate of a fixed rate mortgage is pretty closely tied to a bond, that you can apply some loose economic principles, such as really good news in the economics world is generally not good news for bonds. That is true. And um, it increases bond yields, decreases the buy price, and causes higher interest rates, right? Particularly yes. bad news in the market is generally going to um, create a flight to safety. People rush to buy those bonds, which is going to – that demand is going to raise the buy price, and they can offer a lower yield, uh, which would generally have a downward pressure on interest rates. That is correct. So I don't actually have a voodoo doll of the economy, but as you could imagine in the mortgage world um, – Bad news is kind of good news. That, uh, I mean, <laughs> it's it puts you in an awkward position sometimes. Yeah, you know, you don't really want to cheer for that, but it is true. But you, you know, you you don't want to see just headline after headline of all of the strength in every sector because that just means that your interest rates are eroding before your very eyes. And so it's nice. Um, it's nice just to be able to have a way to gauge what's going to be happening in the market. And that's why we track these things so closely. So, you know, this week, um, not any kind of tremendous movement, but really the market had upward pressure all week. And um, I, I didn't particularly feel it until later in the week. Some of the loans that I priced out earlier in the week were just a touch more expensive by the end of the week. And so this is the part where we should be explaining why. We can look at the data, look at the things that were released this week, and kind of size up whether or not um, these individually or in aggregate would um, create that worsening in the market. So okay. in other words... If we kind of play along today, kind of doing it a little bit different today, but if you play along with me, we'll look at each one of these things and kind of make an assumption as to whether or not it would be well-received by the market and would the news in and of itself push interest rates up or down. Okay. And, and the, the data comes out each day, right? So we know mm -hmm. what happened on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. By the way, beginning of the week's kind of a snoozer. We didn't get much good data till the end of the week, um, which is really when the worsening started, so... All in all, based on the way that rates went, it would suggest there was a lot of strong economic data this week. In other words, the recovery is on track. That would be true. So here we go. Um, first of all, um, last week's mortgage applications were up more than 6%. Um, refis up and purchases up. Um, Refinance loans now make up about 66% of total applications. Now, that's somewhat surprising. Me too. Very and I, surprising. I was looking at my pipeline this week, um, and I'm about 66% purchase loans right now. I and, am as well. Yeah. And so um, the other thing is just how was that six months ago? 
the opposite. 80% refi loans and 20, maybe 30% purchase loans. So um, pretty different. <laughs> it, it, it's a, it is totally a surprising situation. So I'm not positive who all these folks are that are still refinancing, but a little pause here and interjection. Okay. I'll tell you about my refi clients lately, and I'm curious to hear about yours. Okay. Mine are generally refinancing, even some into higher interest rates, to get out of mortgage insurance or to pay off credit card debt. Hmm. None of my current refi clients, and literally not one of them, is doing a rate and term refinance where they're simply lowering the interest rate, and that's the objective. Well, it would seem that the only reason that people would have waited to refinance to now would be to gain equity in order to access that equity to do something, whether right. it's to pay off revolving or, you know, move money from some place to another place, whatever it happens to be. So that's sure. got to be the purpose. Yeah. Um, interesting, though. I, yeah. I, when we when we belly ached about, we knew this day was coming. By the way, that refis were going to begin to die off because not only does to. everybody already refi, and you can only refi when the rates lower. So as soon as rates begin to go up, it's just that you're naturally, yeah. The the audience here is a diminishing audience. So yeah, that is true. Um, and and we sweated about it. I mean, you sweated about it. We've had these conversations. It it becomes a a part of your income that you depend on. Kept me um, up at night. Yeah. And now, uh, and I forgot then to remind myself enough that human nature is people <laughs> taking on too much debt mm -hmm. or stretching a little bit when they bought it, and now that they have. Um, some equity because of appreciation. So, yeah, the refis today for me are people that are refinancing for a purpose. Yeah, but even that I would say is a little different. There was a time where people would just randomly pull out equity to pull out equity and spend. Yeah. Now the ones that seem to be taking cash out have a purpose. And at least for you know my pipeline, it seems like they are lowering their overall monthly expense by paying off higher interest loans and right. less of, you know, I'm going to go buy a, a brand new ski boat. Yeah. So I haven't had any ski boat people yet. I that was yet back too. in the 0405 era. There was it, a lot of that. It did occur. Um, so, yeah, it's not been any like just wasting of money. But, yeah, definitely people looking to improve their cash flow by way of um, sort of consolidating some debt that has a higher debt service into the mortgage. And by the way, just as an aside, I don't love that. I, I generally try to talk people out of making um, short-term debt, long-term debt. And I think that that just financially, um, in a lot of those uh, respects, I'm, I'm pretty old school. The car loan, for example, yeah, it's a squeeze on you. The payment's $450 a month, and the balance is only $9,000, okay? Yeah, but see, it's going to end, and you actually are only a few years away, two and a half, three years away from that being done. Um, if you put $9,000 into a mortgage, that's really um, less than $100 a month, right? Yeah, but, but over the term, it's going to cost you a substantial amount more. $18,000. So yeah. the reality of it is, is that if you have the ability to make budget adjustments and just stay the course, it's generally a better idea to keep your short-term debt um, 
short-term debt and your long-term debt, long-term debt. Now, the big difference here is when somebody shows up with $35,000 worth of credit cards that are at various interest rates in the teens and 20s sometimes. And they're drowning. Um, that's 30 years of trying to come out of that. Um, in some cases, that person really just needs to consider hitting the reset button, tucking it into the mortgage, and hopefully um, throwing the credit cards away at that point. Somehow at least yeah. changing the behavior that leads you to that position. And I'll tell you, like, obviously it's a very small pool. It's not a broad, broad group of people. But the people that I'm dealing with at the moment, not to be specific or anything, but most of the funds that are coming out of cash out refinances are something to do with other properties. There are okay. other long-term debts. I haven't really seen, and I don't know, again, if it's just particular uh, to me in particular at this moment, but I haven't seen people that have really been paying off the short-term debt, but I do agree. Yeah. Extending out a $9,000 debt for 30 years is not smart math. Unless you have to. I mean, yeah. um, what? Uh, it does happen. Necessity drives. Um, okay, so... Yeah, little tangent there, but refinance applications picking up when there's a little bit more of a demand like that. That's something I would expect to see push interest rates up a little bit. That's a funny metric, though, because refis as well as purchases, um, you can really see them respond to the recent movement in, in rates. In other words, if rates go up, usually we see applications go down. And when rates go down, we see applications go up. So I zoom out a little bit and recognize that over the last 30 days, the trend in the interest rate market has been downward. We've seen pretty good relief over the last 30 days altogether. Um, so much so, in fact, some of the loans that we're um, having to, to price that we priced a month ago sometimes are more than a point cheaper in fee. So um, that would cause just an increase in activity um, so another thing that happened this week that got surprisingly little, uh, bit of coverage was the, uh, initial jobless claims, um, kind of an interesting one there claims fell to 340,000. Now they were 350 a week ago and the economists expected a number in the 330 range. Uh, but the four week moving average went up. So even though there was a reduction this week, it's been higher than what the four-week average has been. So that pushed it back up a little bit. Um, and if you think about this, and we've been talking about this on the show for more than a month, um, there's been data collection issues. We had some California as well as a couple of other states. Their system was unavailable to show the number. And I think it was about five weeks ago we got a reporting of initial jobless claims at 297,000, which is phenomenally low. That's like pre-recession level. Um, and it was pretty well dismissed just because of data collection issue. Um, and then, of course, the government shutdown. That caused some people to um, at least begin to suspect that uh, folks that indirectly worked for the government, in other words, like contractors or employees of contractors that took government contracts not knowing with the uncertainty of the government shutdown how long it would last may have laid people off or, um, you know. And so, in other words, these these numbers were expected lower. They're actually 
lower than they were a week ago, but driving the four-week average up. Um, and, you know, all in all, that kind of news is hard for the market to evaluate. We don't know whether that's good news or bad news, right? Yeah, you know, and to an extent, I really do feel like people have become somewhat jaded to that data. The fact that it's readjusted a few weeks after it's initially announced yeah, every true. week and the movements, the adjustments have been just too large. And I feel like people have uh, begun to look at that with a little bit of a grain of salt, if you know what I'm well, saying. And it comes out every week. So it's not something that we like have to hang out and wait for for a month and wonder what's happened with it. Um, yeah. It's something that seems to be available every week. And almost as soon as you get the data, somebody's already anticipating what you're going to learn next week. And so it feels watered down for that reason. But the four-week moving average, um, that's, a, that's a good metric to understand what's happening with the overall market, the strength of the market. Oh, absolutely. And, um, whether or not uh, the labor market's moving in the right direction. And it is nice to know that that four-week average has been dropping for months on end now. We're going to go ahead and hop into the first commercial break here. It's 1022. You're listening to Mortgage Matters. We'll be back in just a few minutes with uh, more exciting economic news. Don't go anywhere. Keep it locked to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. To ask a question, call 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. We'll be back in just a few minutes. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending, Central Coast Lending. When you buy or refinance a home, just call 543-LOAN. Just call 543-LOAN. Just call 543-LOAN. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. What a state of generosity. Look what my agent got for me. Just by switching to State Farm A few hundred unexpected bucks I couldn't ask for more But now I've got to figure out What I should use it for A new bike would be radical But maybe something practical Like a pet baboon with one robotic arm Get to a better state State Farm Switch to State Farm and you could save. To find out more in San Luis Obispo, call Agent Susan Rodriguez. Imagine if you'd purchased Google stock 10 years ago or bought gold before it went through the roof. How much money would you have right now? Today's real estate market is ripe with opportunities just like these. It's rare that real estate values and mortgage rates are low at the same time. Rates will go up and home values will too. Stop renting. Owning a home is more attainable than you think. We are living in the golden age of real estate. Call 543-LOAN. That's 5 543-5626. Central Coast Lending, the mortgage experts. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. 
Welcome back. You're listening to Mortgage Matters with host Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. If you want to join the conversation, call the show at 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Now, here's Dan and Jason. All right, welcome back to Mortgage Matters. It's 1025. Got Will Barnaby in here. Um, Will is usually our, um, if not the top producing loan agent, close to it at Central Coast Lending. Guy's been in the business a long time, definitely knows his stuff. One of my favorites. I, You guys aren't my kids. I'm allowed to have favorites. Yeah, yeah. That's You're great. one of my favorites too, Jason. Perfect. I like that. Beautiful. All right, dude. I'm excited to keep rolling on the data thing. Um, so I got one here for you. Okay. Existing homes um, is a metric that's tracked. Yes. And we missed some of this data during the government shutdown. So this week we caught existing home sales numbers for September. Now, they track several different metrics. One of them is existing homes. This is the one we're talking about now. There's another one called new home sales. So existing homes are like homes that have been lived in before, sort of the used inventory. Um, new homes are homes that have never been lived in. They track that metric separately. It's a good indication of the strength of the demand for newly constructed homes. Um, so existing home sales for the month of September Sad. Do you have like the wah, wah, wah button? Let me see if I can find something like that. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> They're at a three-year low. Yeah. Fewer Americans than forecast signed traf- um, contracts to buy previously owned homes in September. The wah, wah, wah belongs there and here. Um, it's the fourth straight months of declines. Um, and truly the only way they can really gauge this is to say that rising interest rates are the culprit do you buy it i don't know that i totally buy that okay so real estate's local so we kind of have this local perspective now that's a national number right there so i don't know um it's hard for me to say what's going on in the rest of the nation's economy real estate economy yeah our perspective is a little bit smaller yeah so here's the rub though um When you talk to a real estate agent, they'll tell you mm-hmm. that if you're buying real estate today, you're buying it because you qualify, it makes financial sense, you're comfortable with the payment, all of those normal things. But in the bigger picture, um, you're buying your little sliver of the American dream, you're buying a place to raise your family um, or spend time in whatever it is that helps you enjoy your time the most, you're kind of getting your whole, your little chunk, right? And I look at that and I go, yeah, if interest rates went up a half a point or a point, um, and probably safe, it's it's almost a point. It's almost a point that they've gone up since May in actual interest rate. Um, so what's that translate into? Did that really scare away all these buyers? Are people? Uh, yeah, good time to answer with the no. <laughs> uh, I don't think so. I I haven't seen it on my side. I I don't believe that's the case either. I think a, an, an inventory shortage is somewhat of the culprit. I mm-hmm. do think that 
the time of the year, going back to school, the holidays, starting all of those things, you know, play a role. Um, but I feel like the inventory shortage may have more to do with it. Sure. And, and maybe, you know, we'll have a realtor on here in a few minutes and he might be able to, you know, give a little bit of light to that. Yeah. And my clients that I talk to that are interested in moving up, mm-hmm. they're kind of afraid to sell their house. If you sell your house, it's going to sell like hotcakes right now. Yeah, because there's multiple no- offers, you know, going to get if you're, you know, it always depends on how you're priced. But if you get a good fair price and get it out there on the market, um, it it's snatched up pretty quick in this environment, especially in the, you know, the that kind of entry entry level housing type of place, you know, that anything in our county that's between three and four hundred and fifty thousand bucks, those are flying off the shelf. That is true. So if you're selling one of those to buy, yes. If you sell yours, you may end up needing to rent because there's such demand. Um so I wonder how many people are just holding on until it seems like a kinder environment to be the buyer. You know, I don't know, but what I will tell you is this. For, I don't know, call it the financial crisis era, the years after that, um, I didn't get a lot of calls for construction. And at this point, I've had multitudes of people. Every day. That that they call in and they've been looking, they've been looking, they've been looking, and now all of a sudden they're like, you know what, we're going to build. Yep. And, you know, they know they're signing on for a much longer process. They know that, you know building is a little bit of work, you know, usually someone's building their last house, their dream house. They're not building their first house, but you know, more and more people are coming in looking at that Avenue at this point. Yeah. So I would think that that's somewhat of an indicator that they're just, they're either not finding what they want in the market or the lack of inventory is driving them maybe into a different direction. Um, Houses with multiple offers on them seem to just come in on a daily basis. Like you said, if you have a house from what, Three to four fifty, pretty much is going to sell immediately. Hotcakes, man. yeah, it's going off the shelf. Yeah. Um, so, and here's kind of the bigger picture for me. I recognize there's a lot of places in the nation where home values are similar or even more than California, but we are going to have the greatest impact by way of interest rate, right? I mean, half a percent movement, three quarters of a percent movement on a $400,000 home is going to have a deeper cut than a half a percent movement on a $90,000 home. Well, yeah, that's just math. That's yeah. It's a fact. Yeah. So that being said, when I look around at our local economy and I look at the sampling that we have through our company and then more specifically the folks that I'm working with in my loan pipeline, interest rates have gone up. Sure. Um, is that the total reason why the market has slowed in terms of existing home sales? I don't think so. If anything, I would say it's more of a perception issue. Um, we had, we kind of had refi fever for like years on end. And it was all the buzz about how low rates were and, and you better beg, borrow, or steal to get yourself some of that. Yes. And now they've gone up ever so slightly to what is still like historical lows, but the fever is out of the air. People aren't really believing that it's time to beg, borrow, or steal your way into it. And so now you're kind of cooked back to um, 
I want to I want to call it normal. I want to call it normal. There's not crazy people fighting over how quickly they can get to something to buy because of a 3% interest rate. And so I want to think that this is a little bit more normal, just a little bit more chill. The people that are um, qualified and okay with the current rate and everything um, are, are okay with it and it's fine. Yeah, I believe that that's true. The, I don't know that I'd call it normal though. I look around and I think so many of the things that are moving the market and so many of the things that are moving even the stock market and the bond market are perception-based and not necessarily data-based. And I don't know that that's totally normal. I mean, I I get what you're saying. It's more of a normal environment, but there's still some oddities, I think, to what's going on currently. Yeah. Uh, And the people that I had pre-qualified in May that had the like 30 year fix for three and a quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, those guys are pretty bummed. <laughs> yeah. They, they saw a payment for a, a house at a specific value and went, that's a great deal. That's what I'm paying in rent. And then um, rates kind of popped and we've had to reach out to those people and say, Hey, you know, the landscape of this thing's changed a little bit and we don't know if it's temporary or going to be the case forever. But your pre-qualification has now dropped. Like instead of having a max purchase price of 440, you're looking at like 410 now because of this change in interest rates. Yeah, Those people are pretty bummed. Um, The people that just walk in this month and say, I want to get pre-qualified, and we scratch the whole thing out and say, you're qualified to 410 and your interest rate's going to be four and an eighth or four and a quarter or whatever. Um, they're like, sweet, that's a smoking deal. Yeah. That's, that's a good low interest rate and I can find a house for that much money. So it always tells me that it's all about perception and expectations. And I think that's the bigger thing is this movement in the market has taken the fever out of the air. Um, the people that knew what was going on and felt it slip through their fingers are really disappointed, but the folks that are just walking in are pretty excited. Yeah. There's other things though, that I think may be playing a role in the existing home sales numbers where we started there. You know, like the government shutdown, um, the USDA loan, which is a huge loan, particularly I know in the North County, maybe not so much in San Luis Obispo because it's geographically restricted. But, you know, there was a good period of time there where we couldn't write that loan. And it's quite possible that come January 15th, I believe, that, you know, a good portion of the area that we can write it in now is going to go away. So for the entry-level buyers, a lot of those people kind of stopped at that point for a bit. Now those people have come back now that, you know, the program's back on. And uh, that's actually kind of started a little bit of a sense of urgency because now it may expire. That's going to move some numbers. Yeah, but I do think that the existing home sales, that might have played a role into it, particularly on the the entry level into the market, um, you know, along with the other data and the, the interest rates rising as well. So though the numbers are at a three-year low and a four-month running decline, yeah. Um, the median price of existing home increased to 199.2 um, from 178.3 in September of 12. So supply and demand. Supply and demand, baby. There's less to sell. So this is, I mean, home sales. The existing home sales metric is tracking the volume. Mm-hmm. The the value here 
you see an appreciation. And in, in fact, an appreciation of uh, looks like about 12%. I didn't do the math on it, but that ain't bad. Yeah. Um, so there's another little piece here coupled. Um, new home sales came out as well. Um, so, by the way, tying it back real quick to the economics. Mm-hmm. When you just see the headline that they're at a three-year low and a fourth month of decline, that would suggest that the housing recovery itself is waning or faltering, and generally that would put some downward pressure on interest rates. That would definitely put downward pressure on interest rates. Now, before you move on to the new home sales. Yeah, sure. Okay. There's been a lack of building for four or five years now. Seven. Okay. <laughs> I'm I calling do, it seven. I do apologize. You're probably <laughs> more accurate. Seven years of lack of building. And I've got to feel that, you know, at some point, inventory, the supply and demand, the raise in value, all of those things are going to come into play specifically because man, we haven't been building. Now, granted, prior to that, we may have been building at a far too accelerated rate. Eventually, the supply overtook the demand. Yeah. But... Well, those those numbers, though, in the new home sales, and you're exactly right. In fact, Disney always comes to mind when we talk about this type of um, seven-year number. I am puzzled by the Disney. Disney is a corporation that remains relevant because they have a brand new um, clientele that's born every seven years. Okay, now I got you. So they have this ever renewing cycle of people just coming through. And it just reminds me when I hear anything about what's not gone on for six or seven or eight years, I think about that. And I think about this seven years ago when all of this stuff was kind of hitting the fan, right? This, Mm -hmm. I mean, we're old dude, 2005, 2006, where they called like the hike, the pinnacle of real estate. Um, That's already seven years ago. And that was when every bank you knew was offering some sort of one-time close, like a construction loan where anybody could build almost with plans written out on a bar napkin. And then it would turn into like a takeout loan at the end, which was your long-term conventional loan. And literally every bank you knew of offered those. Yes. They even had their own divisions. Yes. With neat little names. And it stopped so fast in 2007. I mean, just... The breaks. Nobody wanted to lend on those anymore. So here's the deal. Um, seven years ago, uh-huh. the people that were graduating high school at the ripe old age of 18. They're 25 looking they're for a 25 house. 25 now. They've graduated college. Some of them are doctors. I know. And they are ready to buy homes. And we didn't build homes for them. No. What was um, a million homes a year dropped to um, none, yeah. <laughs> a couple hundred thousand a year, and has recovered to four hundred fifty to 500,000 a year. We're still not building enough homes. There's still a pent-up demand for homes. But, you know, it was only two years ago that nobody wanted to buy real estate because it was, like, in a free fall still. So... We're getting there. Yeah. It's exciting to me to see banks returning to market, offering construction financing. It's very, And we see, I get the same calls you get. We're getting them every day. Um, People are looking to build houses today. We've got housing tracks springing up around the county, and they're being well-received. They're selling out quick. 
the interest lists are full. It's it's really fun to see that happening. New home sales for purchases of new U.S. homes rose in the month of August, um, capping the previous two months, which were sort of um, colored in weakness. I mean, there there were some numbers in there to suggest that um, interest rates, again, probably scared some folks away. But um, the month of August was pretty good in terms of uh, new home sales. And um, so that generally um, would suggest that interest rates can afford to go up a little bit, that the market should um, be encouraged by the strength in that piece of housing. So really kind of a surprising little mixed bag. Um, it's confusing data. Yeah, it's yeah, it feels contradictory, but I would argue that in terms of the existing home sales, you have to remember that it's still appreciated year over year, which yes. to me suggests that though we sold few, they were perceived as more valuable, and we see strength and increases in the new home sales market, which altogether, when you look at those metrics that way, what we learned about housing this week was that um, it's still okay, and it's still a good bet, and for that reason, it should put some upward pressure on interest rates. I agree. I think it's definitely a healthy, a healthy look. And speaking of some data that you almost roll your eyes at, <laughs> S&P Case-Shiller Home Price Index um, came out for the month of August. Yes, August. Um, there's a two-month lag on this. I cannot understand why they can figure out how to get us this metric quicker. But they are talking about things two months ago. Uh, it's expected to go up by 12.5%. Um, this is a year-over-year -year metric. Um, home prices rose at their fastest annual rate since February of 06, which was the height of the housing bubble, if you remember. I remember very well. Um, and so they track in 20 major metro areas. They show that um, real estate gained 12.8% in August compared to August a year ago. Now, August... If you just kind of back up and try to get your gogs on here, um, rates went up in June. Started really on June 1st. That was when the feds came out. Uh, remember in May, they came out and said that they were going to talk about tapering, and it could happen as soon as September. The market had a little taper tantrum, and we saw interest rates go nuts. A taper tantrum. We can't That's what just, we're calling it. Hey, we can't just pass that up. That was great. Yeah, yeah. Taper tantrum. Taper tantrum. Interest rates spiked, and now we know that the Feds, um, ultimately from what they're saying, and economists now, no, nobody believes we're going to see tapering uh, begin until probably April. Yeah, now do you believe that's because of economic data or because of political influence? All of the above. Okay. So, um, but yeah, so point is, okay. before we move on, I do want to talk about tapering with you for a minute, though. Um we knew this was happening in May. In June, we saw the first knee-jerk reaction of the market. And in June, you probably were, um, if you're in contract, likely going to close in July, yes. maybe. I mean, average escrow term in the um, U.S. right now, I think, is somewhere around about 42 days. So 
Um, some are a little bit quicker, some are a little bit longer, obviously. Not too many contracts being entered into in May or June that closed in August. So I still see that the strength of that metric coming out for the month of August is um, showing still strength in the market. Um, though there's a two-month lag, makes you kind of want to roll your eyes at it because it's so far ago. Yes. Um, I can't wait to see the Case and Schiller data come out this month in November. It will give us a report of what happened in September. You cannot argue with me um, that September is lacking any of the um, influence of those higher interest rates that clearly were happening in June and July and even August when people were entering into contracts. So um, be an intro and see. I kind of think that that still shows that there's some real strength in the housing market. Yeah, I'm pretty interested in seeing it too. My prediction, just if you uh, want me to go on record here, I think it's going to probably decline to between 8 and 10% um, because I do believe that the market had – a little bit more correction in September than they would have seen in August. No, I agree with that. My The part that interests me is to see whether my local perception is going to play out on a broader level on a national scale. Yeah. And I don't know, because, I mean, I looked at that situation, and I remember I was asked, I don't know, to write something for some publication or something in the North County, and my perception at the time was that the lack of inventory, the lack of supply, and the fact that we still had a healthy demand was – you know, outweighing the fact that the interest rates were going up and the market was going to continue to move. So, uh, but dude, I wonder if that's going to play out in I September so. on a national level. I, mean, I think so. I really that... do think that what's happening right now is kind of the norm. I mean, and I have a few way of uh, kind of plugged into a few different parts, at least of the state of California, where okay. it's the same from Sacramento to Fresno down to San Diego. I do know that there are some places where housing still not very attractive. Detroit? But, yeah. I mean, but look at Las Vegas, right? Okay, let's look at Vegas. That's a good example. Vegas is experiencing like 4,000 resales a month right now. And values, by the way, are going up. They have been going up. Last year, they went up more than 30%. Yeah, Vegas is like a housing market on crack. When things went but bad, they, it went really bad. But they overbuilt it, too, which is why it went so bad. And now you still see the market reabsorbing what was clearly an oversupply. Yes, absolutely. And, the, and they're absorbing it at crazy pace with amazing appreciation, some of the fastest in the nation. So to That's me— Incredibly it, interesting. I kind of wonder if the people that are still moving there or the people that are buying those homes there, even if they're buying them as investment properties, are just seeing them as undervalued because there was perhaps a supply issue for a minute, too much supply— um, but more importantly, just believe that um, it remains to be a place where you can transact real estate kind of quickly. Uh, there's stuff available, but my I have some friends that do work the Vegas market and they say it's cutthroat. It's so there's so many offers, there's so much demand, and obviously there has to be when you're seeing appreciation at that level. But um, so I my sense is that it's this way pretty much across the nation right now. And I'll back it up by saying that um, 
That's why we're seeing uh, this this metric of Case and Schiller is taken from 20 regions. I mean, there are uh, 20 different zones across the U.S., the major metro areas that they're tracking. Yes. And it's the average of these that have gone up by 12.8%. Obviously, some of these metros are um, – and in every month when you break these down, the Case-Shiller, like last month, there was only two areas that weren't actually in positive movement. So when 18 out of 20 are experiencing appreciation – and the average back across all 20 is in the double digits of appreciation, that tells me that you have a demand for real estate. No, absolutely, I agree. But you've got to think that some of those 20 are going to be harder hit by the rise in interest rates. Sure. You've got to think, you know, there's going to be different median incomes. There's going to be different, you know. When different... you talk about Detroit, though, that's where I'm picturing seventy thousand dollars houses, and I, I don't know if interest. I think rates... you. I think you're thinking seventy thousand. I think seventy thousand is high for there, but and if rates go up by a full percent, I mean, the what does it make a difference? By three ninety nine, three dollars and ninety nine. Yeah, cents. true enough. True enough. Yeah. So anyway, well. That's just kind of a funny thing. Hey, we got to do uh, another commercial break here. Take time out to thank the sponsors. When we get back, we're going to have another little run before we're joined by a realtor. We're sitting in here talking about all this housing stuff. Then we'll bring in an agent and find out what's really going on because maybe we're full of hot air. Yes, but, uh, sir. Let's stick around after this short break, huh? We want We want you to stay with us. Be right back. Mortgage Matters with host Dan and Jason will be right back. Join the conversation by calling 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. The state of denial is a drag and a trial. When I bought my cheap insurance, should have known this day would come. Now I've had an accident and I'm feeling quite alone. Called them at least 20 times, but they won't pick up the phone. Without personal service, my policy's kind of worthless. Get to a better state. State Farm. Switch to State Farm and you can save. To find out more in San Luis Obispo, call Agent Susan Rodriguez. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people. Agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending, Central Coast Lending. When you buy or refinance a home, just call 543-LOAN. Just call 543-LOAN. Just call 543-LOAN. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. Saying that all mortgage lenders are the same is like saying all restaurants are the same. We all know that fast food isn't the same quality as Five Star, and there are a lot of fast food lenders out there. But what if you could get five-star quality at fast food prices? At Central Coast Lending, that's exactly what you get. Expert advice at the best possible price. If you're looking to buy a home or refinance, before you sign, let Central Coast Lending take a look at your loan. Call us today at 543-LOAN. That's 543-5626. Central Coast Lending, the mortgage experts. 
through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change. Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. You're listening to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. If you missed any part of the show, log on to centralcoastlending.com for archived shows and more. Now, back to your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. All right, everybody, welcome back. Thanks for being with us. It's 10.53. My, how the time goes by, huh, Will? It's way quick. I mean, you're not, you've done this probably half a dozen times now with us or something. Something along those lines. It's the goal, by the way, to get Will up to a position where he can run this jam alone. Oh, yeah. But it's got to be Danner. Not every week. But you have to have a Danner at Jason. He's going to have to change his name because the jingle. Oh, we can get a new one. Okay. Get a new jingle. We can get one that's like you're listening to Jason and Will. You're listening to Dan and Will. Okay. You're well, listening to Will and one of his friends. <laughs> we could just leave it blank and fill it in on the day. <laughs> I I know you see the the benefit of this. Um, we started doing this radio show for a few different reasons. I mean, I'm not going to lie. First and foremost is because we hope it leads to business. Oh, absolutely. Second is. Um, you can't really differentiate yourself from the other loan officers around town in a print ad or a 30 second radio ad. This is a way that we can kind of give a little slice of our resume all the time, show the, uh, the thoughtfulness, the way that we track this data and how we believe that it applies and how we use it to our client's advantage. Yes. Um, and then also just to kind of develop some credibility and familiarity. We have clients that come in to do loans that have been listening to the radio show for years. And um, and frankly, some of them are even a little bit smitten, you know. And the, the funny thing is, is that um, I don't – obviously, I mean, we're not signing autographs. We don't have some <laughs> kind of celebrity status or something. But it's our goal to be able to, to build some rapport in the community – by sharing this information and we try to color it as much as we can. I it's know. not, I think you have photographers hanging out just, you know, when you go to the restaurant in Moral the Bay, paparazzi's the paparazzi's there, there yeah. everywhere. just everywhere. chasing Jason around. It's, it's ridiculous. Somebody from the Bay Osos news is just, I mean, I'm out with my kids, lady. Leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. That never happens. Although from time to time, um, People will spot us by voice, get voice spotted. That's kind of a funny really? thing. Really? Yeah. And when I hear the radio show, I'm always um, just horrified. It sounds terrible to me. And I can't, I hear my voice and I'm like, that's the, I can't, that, what does radio do that distorts the way that I sound so much? I don't think it's just radio. Have you ever heard yourself on an answering yeah. machine? Any, anytime yeah. you hear your own voice recorded, you sound so sounds different. awkward. Yeah. yeah. And, um, well, so anyway, um, we want to get you guys more involved in doing the show so that the community can, uh, get a sense not only of 
the leadership of the company, but also the people in here that are making it happen every day. And so for that, I thank you for coming today. I appreciate and it. And I'm setting the expectation here for you that you're going to be asked to do this more. I, I do feel like you're calling me out on air. <laughs> I totally am. <laughs> so we were talking about these home sales, and now we need to tie it back to what it's doing to rates. So you have one up, one down. When we look at, yeah, and, and all together, like I said before, um, the fact that the volume of existing home sales is down, mm -hmm. and perhaps it's some sort of record-setting low, um, the, the value, the median value is up, and it's up at a good clip. Um, in fact, maybe unsustainably high. Okay. That tells me that that metric is actually still a good one. What you don't want to see is a decline in volume and a decline in prices. That that demonstrates a total lack of attractiveness um, to where people are dumping them at less than they're worth. So I agree. It's a it's a little bit misleading, but altogether, I would suggest the housing data this week yes puts a pressure on interest rates makes interest rates um, want to go a little bit higher because it feels like. Um, we're selling them. They're worth more. They're, um, people are still interested in them, and we don't have to cut prices to try to attract a buyer. So Yeah, no, I agree. But it, it really didn't seem to have a huge impact on not, those days. Yeah, not huge. Um, and uh, let's see. What else? The consumer sentiment, not so hot. Um, retail sales and pr producer price index were both down. That one was a little bit surprising to me, by the way. You, can you tell I'm a nerd about this stuff? Um, retail sales, you know what happened? So we in September, we reported retail sales. Yes. That's when the iPhone came out. I mean, there was lines around the block. We saw people, um, you know, clawing at each other to buy the iPhone 5 and the 5C, I think it was. Yes. I, I didn't buy one, as you could tell. But a big deal. Um, in fact, the electronics section of that uh, producer or that re retail sales number was up 0.7%. Yes. The overall retail sales, when you look at the entire thing for the month of September, was only 0.1% in the positive. So that would suggest that absent of the iPhone, we would have actually seen a decline probably in retail sales. And so that metric there, coupled with PPI, is a is bad news, which would um, generally help interest rates. So, that is true. Hey, we're at the top of the hour. We got this hard break that goes on. So we got a few minutes. Go refill your coffee. We'll be back with a realtor's perspective in another hour of Mortgage Matters. All right, guys, welcome back to Mortgage Matters. I don't know if I feel like I'm on a ride at the fair, or is that Madonna? What is that? Uh, that's Lady Gaga, paparazzi, all that paparazzi that follows you around Morro Bay. You know? I always oh, wondered what fan. that Lady Gaga thing was. I've been seeing things on the internet. Thanks for playing it for me. That's awesome. I'm your biggest <laughs> fan. I'll follow you, you know. Yeah. It does feel like one of those rides, though, that goes in a circle. 
It's techno, like, techno yeah, something, right? Like that. Yeah, that ride. Yeah. You know they put the speakers like right in your ears. And oh, yes. I've been on this ride with my nine-year-old many times. Yeah. All right. Um, all right. So still, again, I feel like I got to, well, first of all, welcome to the 11 o'clock hour. I know there's some people that are just tuning in now for whatever reason. Uh, we ain't mad at you for missing the first hour, but we got a whole nother one here for you. Uh, we're going to change pace just a little bit. Uh, we do have uh, a representative from Keller Williams with us in the studio today. We have Keith Jones. So, Keith, welcome. Thanks for having me. Oh, hang on. We got to go that again because your mic was off. Keith, welcome. Sorry. Oh, thanks for having me, Jason. <laughs> I'm asleep yeah. on the job on this side of the board. Sorry about that. That's all right. Um, he was too I mean, pleased with himself for playing paparazzi right? after the yeah, last yeah, conversation. Right you know? the top of my <laughs> and um, yeah, so the other item here, just worth noting because the, the intro was misleading, is that we don't have Dan with us. And oftentimes people will say, I didn't even realize Dan wasn't there because um, everybody else talks so much. <laughs> so that's the one, uh, the one other person that's on the show on a regular basis. I, I, I feel like that might be pointed in your general direction. I'm just pretty, saying. Pretty sure. They always pick on me. But, you know, I, I've. We've been doing the show long enough that I've come to realize that dead air is not a good thing. <laughs> no. Like when we stare at each other with the deer in the headlights look and nobody's talking, uh, it's not good for radio. No, no. So, as always, I do the heavy lifting and um, oh, as make, sure, always, huh? <laughs> make sure to lead the pack. Yeah, Dad does nothing here while he's here. Absolutely, yeah. that's not true. Now, I didn't say nothing. that. Now, now Jim's like wifing up on me. I don't know what's going on here. All right. So, Keith, is this your first time on air? This is my first time on the radio. Right on. Well, happy to be your first. Um, so, I, I first, I always like to do like a brief little stint here about get to know you. Um, I'll tell you a little bit about what it looks like. I'm uh, I moved here in '98. Went to Cal Poly. Um, graduated from Cal Poly. Had a few different jobs leading up to it, and I've been in the the mortgage biz now um, since 2002. And I love it. I couldn't right. imagine myself doing anything else, at least not yet. Um, Maybe it's going to lose its fun or interest for me at some point. It's hard for me to imagine that. Um, it's grueling, demanding, and rewarding work, and I really enjoy it. Um, so I'd like the equal from you. How? Where'd you come from? How long you been here? And what are you doing in real estate? I've been in uh, real estate for seven years and in the Central Coast for three. Um, I I too enjoy the you know the the helping of the people, and I, I found that I'll always stick with real estate. Um, I brought my family over to the Central Coast just for the opportunity. Uh, this is a great market, and I think what you guys are talking about with the, the market numbers, this is why I came. This is the market I've been waiting for. I came in as the market was, was down. And, and right now, you know, we're, we're rebounding, and it's kind of a little bit after the, the major rebound from earlier. But ultimately, you know, it's a great market right now for buyers and sellers, and, you know, it's just a lot of fun. So. I, I get to help people on a daily basis, and I always come to work, you know, excited to find new, new needs. You got into real estate seven years ago, which is where we've pretty much identified the beginning of the crash. So you saw people bailing left and right, and you hopped right in. That's a 
That's a cool perspective. You ran towards the gunshots. Right. (laughs) (laughs) You ran into the fire. Yeah, it was great because it it had to come in and um, really learn how to do the business. Um, At first, you know, whenever it was down, like you guys were uh, struggling to find clients or or convert clients. For me, I was always trying to find great deals for my clients. Uh, That way they could uh, get into a home and have instant equity. And you were able to do it at that time through the short sales and REOs or a lot of inventory. Uh, now, especially back in March and April, when this market was was even full tilt, it was get a home. It didn't matter what right. you were doing. You were fighting for a home and just putting a buyer in a home or getting uh, a, you know, a seller to sell and move on with and go to their needs. Um, I mean, it was just get them a home. That was all it was about. And it, I'm comfortable with that. You know, they had to fight for it, but you know that they've, they're going to have instant equity because the market's been appreciating. Do you feel like that's still how it is right now? Right now, uh, you know, I think it's, you, you can be a little more selective. Uh, the sellers, you know, have to be a little more realistic. It's definitely chilled down a bit. It's still a great market and we can't really predict the future. So I do feel like now's the time. Can you identify when you think it started to chill down a bit? Well, I think that it chilled May. Uh, Around May. May is when it chilled. Now, the market maybe responded in in June, as far as you still had great statistics posted, um, you know, all the, you know, uh, buyers or sellers were getting information, you know, so there was a bit of overpricing because it always takes a little lag for the data to truly get out uh, to the masses. Right. Tell us a little bit about the differences between here, the market that you came to. Um, Obviously, there was something that attracted you here and the one that you were in before. Well, the one that I was in before, that my hometown is Ridgecrest, California, and there's a Navy base there. So it's yeah. completely controlled by what goes on there. It's, there's, a, there's one uh, industry in that town. It, it's the base. And so uh, it's been ravaged lately. So yeah. when we're, you guys were talking about furloughs and things earlier. I've seen big uh, you know, reaction to the market there, uh, the furloughs. And then the government shutdown it was it added to a little in, insecurity but it didn't really uh have as much damage as the furloughs that that happened earlier this year okay um, that was pretty big there um honestly when i moved here uh i was having i had my best year uh right before i decided to make the move uh and the market was a lot better there uh, at that time than it was here again he's running into the fire right yeah that's hard <laughs> to pick up and leave um, a machine that's running like that, isn't it? I mean, it it always takes a little while to to get traction in a market when you're doing something in the service sector like this. Well, I came in what we talked about before in Ridgecrest. The market wasn't great. Uh, you know, it had really slowed down. So I was used to coming in and having challenges anyway. So uh, even though the market wasn't in full recovery at that moment, I was able to find opportunities at that time expired listings were a little more plentiful than they are today um so i had a lot of success with that and then just uh you know you gotta you gotta build your database and and you know go with it that way as well yeah i think it's pretty gutsy and confident you know yeah as do i and we started central coast lending um our first day of official business was january 2nd of 2008 so um that in and of itself um probably not a great time to start a mortgage business. I mean, at the same time, um, everybody was bailing out. And, you know, for us, and you probably experienced a little bit of this too, 
for us, one of the most beautiful things about it was our competition was downsizing. They were, and, and I mean this in terms of companies, but also individual loan officers that we were up against. They were struggling. They were overextended. They were cutting back on services that they offered. They were trying to find energy to reinvent themselves, which I think reinventing yourself is always a little bit harder than that initial growth where um, you're full of hope and energy, that you really believe that you can affect a change and make things happen. Um, as an interesting aside, I always like telling this story, but when I worked, um, I was a branch operations manager for Countrywide. I was one of the youngest underwriters to become operations manager. Uh, I had to go through a, a series of testing um, to, to get the delegation level that I had, and I became the exceptions underwriter for about six different branches. And what was cool about that, because anybody can underwrite loans that just fit the guidelines, but to be able to analyze risk and have them give you the vote of confidence to be the exceptions underwriter felt pretty cool. Um, but I went to some really epic training at Countrywide. Um, Countrywide, in the end, didn't have a very good reputation. Um, they Perhaps some of their lending practices were um, less than great. Perhaps. But, yeah, I've heard a few things come you know, out yeah, about the media. About, I got to be careful when I talk about headlines. I don't know. I got to be careful when I talk about Countrywide, though, because um, first of all, I've never been a guy to drink the corporate Kool Aid. I just don't buy into it. But they did an exceptional job at um, training their employees, and through everything that they did, um, honesty and integrity, those were always. Uh, just pillars of the the whole culture there. And I think the trouble with Countrywide in the end was that they were the biggest. And the biggest, when everybody's kind of up to the same game, the biggest not only becomes the whipping post, but is going to suffer the deepest cuts. And um, yeah, we could I could give you a laundry list of things they did wrong, but they did a lot of things right and um, for a long time too. Um, Countrywide's automated underwriting engine that they developed ultimately led way to Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. So they did yeah. a lot of innovative things, a lot of cool things. I went to a training, um, and it was probably one of the better trainings that I've ever been to. They talked about somebody that's new, and this was in terms of managers knowing how to manage their their <laughs> greenhorns. On your first day of work, you're filled with hope, and your skill is like non-existent. So if you measure the two metrics, hopes at a 10, skills at a zero. Yep. And you spend time now developing the skill, but as you get that skill metric to increase at like an equally offsetting clip, the hope is waning. You're, they're made aware of the things that they don't know and how challenging it is. And they're now doubting whether or not they're going to get all of the required skills. And all of those things, unfortunately, rattle hope. And so then, and this is where like the management piece of it comes in, where you have employees, their skills are a 10, their hopes are a zero. They're a tough cookie to manage because they're kind of jaded by the day in and day out grind, though they're good. It's, it's up to a manager to, to bring them some hope, give them the idea that there's, it can be enjoyable and a good work environment, all this kind of thing. And 
And from my perspective, from you know, from a real estate agent, that's why a lot of agents don't don't make it right. past the first year. I, yeah. I would imagine maybe loan officers as well. Same thing. You got to when you're originating business. You yeah, know, put into that position because everybody can tell you um, when you look to your the people that are successful above you and say, you know, they they'll all tell you what they did. Oh, I worked I worked way harder than you are. I did way more than you do. I was up these hours and I knocked on these doors and I sent these mailers and I call, I, you know, and I walked barefoot you, in the snow. I ran into both ways. certain people. Yeah. Like that. And then, so you end up, and I always am really careful when somebody says, well, what does it take? I, I want to be able to achieve the success you have. What does it take? Yep. And I just tell them what it takes is every day to learn something new and assert yourself productively for hours on end and above all else, remain optimistic that you will get this thing caught by the tail, if nothing else. You're just going to have to keep pressing, even when it feels like an uphill fight. And I feel like you're talking to me. I know you're telling your story, but this, this is, that's my story. When I came here uh, in you know, January of 2011, that first year was, you know, it was a shift in my market. You know, not, right. not the real estate market, but it was a shift in my business. And so... I not only came from a small company, mom and pop, to a, a large franchise, which I chose for the training and leadership, sure. things like that. But that first year, you know, getting towards the end of the year, and when you look at your numbers and where they are compared to where they were the year before, like I said, I was I was having my best year. I sold my most expensive house. I was in escrow with buyers of my most expensive house in my market, which was four hundred and eleven thousand in the Ridgecrest market. And at the same time I'm in escrow there, I'm making the decision to move to the Central Coast. Right. So, you know, at the end of the, the year when I'm t talking to my team leader, you know, Chuck Hill, which is probably, he's probably listening right now because he's still supporting me. Um, you know, when we were talking about, you know, what it looks like and what next year is going to be, you know, he was like, well, things are going good. You got the business rolling. Realistically, what can you do? Can you quit? And I couldn't quit. Like, I can't, I can't quit. So I'm always just pressing forward, always learning and making myself better daily and focusing on, uh, you know, growing my skills um, and, and, and doing things that, you know, are good for my myself and my family. Right. Um, and that is realistically for my business and yours, too. It's developing relationships with people. And how I do that is I prospect to people that I don't know. I don't know as many people as some of the other agents but I just prospect every day yeah. to find new people. Yeah, and, and that's another thing that is also impresses me about you. Um, I do business in this town that I've lived in for 15 years, and so I worked with these people at other companies. I, I our kids have grown up together. I coached them on the little league team. Just there's all of these places to draw from. Um, Frankly, for me, the prospecting of folks I don't know is terrifying. And so I've never been particularly good at it. I've avoided it to the masses for a long time. Like when I first got here, I found expired listings were, were the best choice for me because they had already chose to sell. It just didn't work out a lot of times price. But I found that that was great. Now, those are gone. And you have to shift to just listed and just sold calls. And those you know, are a lower conversion rate. But it's still... They're necessary at this time, you know? Yeah. Interesting stuff. 
Uh, it's after 11.20, so we've already made it a third of the way through this second hour. we got to take time out to do a commercial break and thank the sponsors that helped make the show possible. When we get back, we're going to continue on this, edu- this information and, and learn a little bit more here and uh, probably take some of your phone calls, too. Stick with us after this short break for more Mortgage Matters. To ask a question or make a comment, call 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. We'll be back after these messages from our sponsors. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending, Central Coast Lending. When you buy or refinance a home, just call 543-LOAN. Just call 543-LOAN. Just call 543-LOAN. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. When you decide it's time for a new vehicle, you do your research. Then you comb the internet and the dealerships for the best offer. So when you're shopping for a home loan, why would you only get one quote? Central Coast Lending would like to remind you that no one has ever lost money from a second opinion. So before you sign, let Central Coast Lending give you a quote. We work with multiple banks to find the right loan for you, and more often than not, our rates and fees are the lowest you'll find. Give us a call today at 543-LOAN. That's 543-5626. Central Coast Lending, the mortgage experts what a state of generosity look what my agent got for me just by switching to state farm a few hundred unexpected bucks i couldn't ask for more but now i've got to figure out what i should use it for a new bike would be radical but maybe something practical like a pet baboon with one robotic arm get to a better state state farm Switch to State Farm and you can save. To find out more in San Luis Obispo, call Agent Susan Rodriguez. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people. Agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. Welcome back. You're listening to Mortgage Matters with host Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. If you want to join the conversation, call the show at 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Now, here's Dan and Jason. Dancing on the radio. All right, everybody. Welcome back to Mortgage Matters. It's 1124 so we got this conversation underway, and um, I, ju- I do just want to invite you guys, if you have a question, um, the number is 543-8830. It can be on or off topic. Um, we're capable of uh, shielding as we go. So 543-8830 is the number to call in, ask a question if you'd like. We've got um, Keith Jones on the show today, working at Keller Williams. Um, how do you like the Keller Williams setup? Well, Keller Williams is great. I mean, it's got like a great uh, teamwork. 
is what they promote. It has a good culture, like you were talking about with Countrywide. The training is is obviously why I first chose them. Um, you know, we're just taught you know how to build a team that you know you you should have a coach like I have a, a Maps coach right now. He's he's great. You know, you only can take yourself so far. So I just like all the the structure that they give me and, and the ability to you know to be able to establish myself. I I wouldn't be where I'm at without. Uh, that choice, you know, I interviewed a few companies, but I, I know that I, I chose right. That's a good endorsement. It's generally, in my estimation, it ends up about the people, you know. It's the people that you work with, you know, in that office. But more importantly, what I, I really enjoy is is the the leadership that we have on the international level as well. They're sure. good. Yeah. You know? Right on. So um, there was an article that Rylan wrote this week, um, and it was featured in the Paso Robles Daily News. I think, I hope I don't shoot myself in the foot for this, but I'm pretty sure that those are the guys uh, we had on the show once before. They run, they have a few different periodicals that they write. Um, at any rate, they, they, they are. Yeah, okay. They are. And they recently asked Rylan to um to write some articles for them so I, he did a little bit of research and stuff and and rylan writes a lot of the content for our website um he's a, a full-time employee of the company heads up our marketing department um anyways the point is it's kind of taking this on from a stance of looking um at the north county area and Ultimately, I think the tone of this is that buyers are feeling a little bit of a squeeze because of the increase in interest rates. And um, Will and I were talking about that earlier. I'm not positive about that. I don't know that when I just sample my clientele, I don't feel like that's the driving factor for them. So it's hard for me to, to suggest that that is what it's all about. So now that we have a North County realtor on the show, I'm kind of curious to hear from you. What is your, what do you feel like is the general sentiment, both in terms of buyers and sellers as it relates to the current market? Well, for one, I did read the article that, that was posted on the, on the website and I agreed with all of it. The, you know, the, the headline that you're talking about, like our buyers, you know, being squeezed out of the market. I, I don't know that I'm feeling that either. Now, is there markets that are evaporating? Yes, like sure. under 300 inside Paso Robles. It's, it's non-existent. Um, and so certain buyers are being squeezed, but like our bread and butter buyers are not really being squeezed out. You know, things have changed. Like there's, you know, client, like first of all, Will has been handling a lot of buyers for me this year. And Thank so, you, Keith. You know, he could uh, attest to how they're feeling as well about this. I think he'd have just as good a perspective. Yeah, and you know, Part of it for me, too, is is I think some of it may be geographic. Like Jason, Jason sits in San Luis Obispo. I do feel that in North County, there's probably more people that feel squeezed. There's, there's more younger families in that area. Uh, San Luis on the coast, you know, generally the average age is a bit older. People aren't necessarily buying their first house. I, yeah, I kind of feel like North County is a little bit more of the first time buyer who, you know, just by the nature of the position they are in life and the age that they happen to be at this time, do feel it a little bit more than people my age. It's funny that you bring that up. And I'll, I'll go on record right now as to say that couldn't be more true. 
Um, my experience is largely skewed because of where I office. And this county trips me out that there may as well be the Great Wall of San Luis Obispo that separates us from right at the, the grade. grade. <laughs> and <Yep>. there's <laughs> such a reluctance. And some days I resent it, and some days I'm so grateful for it um, that people want to work with, like if you're in San Luis, you will not go to Paso Robles to get your, um, your loan taken care of. And likewise, when you're in Paso, there's a very big resistance to work with somebody in San Luis. Uh, I mean, so much so, Will, when when we acquired the office up there to move you over the grades so that you could take a more effective hold in the county, it worked. I mean, yeah, it totally true. worked. And um, so, yeah, I, I have to remind myself all the time that my experience is going to be different. And in fact, just this morning, um, I went to the Starbucks. I live in Atascadero now. And um, why do I live in Atascadero? Yeah, well, I live in Atascadero because I have a young family and we're a single income household. And um, the house that I bought in Atascadero would have been a million dollars in San Luis, given its quality and spread and um, amenities. And I'm not at a point in my life where I'm spending a million dollars on real estate. So I went over the grade. And so I was at Starbucks this morning. Um, getting a cup of coffee and I was with my wife and my daughter and I was looking at the demographic of the people in Starbucks. Okay. And uh, I office in San Luis. I don't generally go out for coffee. And when I do, it's in San Luis. Um, it was a lot of, um, I'll say parent aged um, people around with young kids. And I saw also a lot of, um, people that looked like they were, um, probably just a little bit, uh, more of the working class. I think I might term it where in San Luis, I see a huge divide. I see a ton of college kids, young, pretty people everywhere. Um, and then I see, a lot more people that just look affluent to me. And um, so I do. I wonder if I'm out of touch from that, from my so much of my experience. And in, in my average client, this we don't actually ever trade these notes, but my average client, Will, is somebody that works at Cal Poly, PG&E, or the Men's Colony, generally. Yes. They've got a pretty sweet little paycheck and generally a house with, um, um, an amount of equity that we all might hope to have. And yeah. And, you know, I, I don't know that the North County employment-wise is that different. I just think they're younger. You know, I mean, you, you talk about the college kids, and obviously but younger, they're there younger, though, to me, translates into less savings, less equity, still trying to—you're going through that uh, no, period. Absolutely. But we have two segments. There's that segment, and then we have the people that are buying the second home, the vacation home— or retiring to our area. Sure. No, so no, absolutely. Passive, like, but tying it back to where we started, is, is are people feeling a squeeze? And you're right. It's only a segment of the population. Like, we obviously have older older folks as well, and we have wealthy people and ranches and all these. There's a lot of agriculture in a lot of big areas. But I do think that we have a higher percentage of population that's going to feel the squeeze. Sure. You know, and I and, think even slows, if you compare oh, that to, like, Morro Bay, Cayucas, and Cambria— you know, when I describe Paso Robles, by the way, to friends and family from out of the area, mm -hmm. um, 
I'm proud of Paso. I love Paso. It's epic. The North County as a whole is just an awesome place. When you drive around, you can't help but love it. And um, maybe this isn't true, but I'm responsible for continuing the rumor. I think we're overtaking Napa as super desirable wine community with like a destination of a vineyard type of thing in mind. Is that wrong? I mean, no. I don't know where it came from, but I'm saying Paso's overtaking Napa. That's uh, that's you know, how I'm well, scoring I, I it. I think what's nice about it is we can be dressed like, let's face it, all three of us have faces for the radio. <laughs> <laughs> and we're dressed uh, accordingly today. We can walk into a tasty room in Paso and be served without any prejudice. We couldn't in Napa. And I think that's the difference between the two. Will we ever overtake Napa? No. But do we have a more comfortable Wine tasting environment it's the is slow that. Life. Yeah. Hey, I think we're gonna overtake them. I I like the bumper sticker. Have you seen this one? Napa is for auto parts. Uh, <laughs> Paso is for wine. Hey, the Napa guys, by the way, in um, San Luis, are very loyal listeners of the show. So, hi Napa. Hi Napa. <laughs> That's the Napa we love, right there. There Napa. you go. There you go. Uh, we do have a phone call, so let me just remind you guys: if you want to call in and ask a question, five four three eight eight three zero. That's the call-in number. Let's take this call from Diana in Templeton. Good morning. Welcome to Mortgage Matters. Hi. 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 You know, I'm a realtor here in uh, North County, and I, I am actually an escrow with Keith right now on a property, and I listen all the time. I've Sweet. never called in, but I kind of just have to because Keith is so great. He's one of my favorite realtors to work with. Um, thank, thank you very much, so and just, likewise. And I was just talking at the break with Jason about the uh, – Kitten Court property was the other one we sold, and he did the loan. And you oh, were, yeah, you that's the... correct. Yeah, I totally forgot about that. But, yeah, you know, Keith, you're just you're very professional, and I I really like working with you. So and, um, it's great to hear you on the radio. It, and I'm glad you called in because I was reading the article that you were quoted in uh, that was uh, the one we were, we were referenced to earlier, and I was, I was, I was glad that, that you were getting statistics from, you know, a top-producing agent like yourself, like Diana as well. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, so I just thought I'd call in and brag on Keith a little bit. <laughs> thanks, Diana. And thanks, Diana. I, I hope I bragged right back because Diana's been been great through both of our transactions. They've never the other one was a little more tricky, but we're doing great on the, on this one currently. And you you don't know an agent until you work with them uh, in a transaction, uh, just like a loan officer, and uh, especially a hard one, especially a hard transaction. Yeah. Um, but there's some agents that you work through smooth transactions, and and me and Diana we're we're good as a team. I'd have to say. Right on. Diana, thanks so All much right. for your call. All right. Thanks. Great talking to you. By the way, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna get Diana on the show one of these days. I haven't yet, and I, I feel remiss for not having done so. Truth be told, I'm not the scheduler of the guests. And so um but when asked for a North County agent that I thought would be good to get a quote from, that I just like call Diana. She's amazing. I agree. So yep. All right. Um so Getting back to this Paso North County thing, sure, yes. it's a little bit different. Um, agreed. It's to me, at least when you get to a Tascadero, um, historically, it's I, I would call I think it's been a bedroom community. You know, I think people have found affordable housing and are willing to commute down the grade. 
So you could just buy more house. And so that being said, when you've got a family or you're making your first purchase or you're you're um, looking for a better value for the dollar, maybe mm-hmm. it's been kind of an attractive thing. Um, now the economies are able to support the populations and we're seeing jobs created now. And there are people that are moving to Atascadero because that's where they work. And um, same thing with Paso Robles. And um, yeah, anyways, it's... Uh, We've been there for almost a year now, and we've been loving Atascadero. It's super cool. Um, the services that are around, the people, lots of families, um, the uh, seasons. Wow. It's like 30-something degrees this morning when I went out to warm up my truck, and I really like that uh, from hot to cold and the leaves falling and everything. Yeah, uh, I don't know if it's eucalyptus not changing colors and dropping leaves in osos or if it's just the fact that it's all sandy out there but i you don't really get a real sense of the seasons it's just super foggy in the summertime when you want to be at the beach and then very sunny in the wintertime uh, when you kind of like the rain and gloom so and what's great different. about the north county well and a lot of the central coast is there a lot of small towns that's what that's what i that's small what drew communities. me that's what drew yeah. me from my small town uh, inland in, into the central coast and, yeah. and there's when i found i thought there'd be a lot of more a lot more of the the 50 to to 60 year olds but there's a lot of uh young families in the north county and and i, I appreciate that um paso i have to do a shout out to the paso robles youth football I oh mean, yes we, we represent like there's every other boy is in uh in football it seems like and both of mine and will's uh, daughters are both cheerleaders oh wow you know you know, that's why I can't say anything good about a Tascadero, though, because we're playing them next week in football, and, uh, you know, I might get beat up when I go home. Well, that and you're so. scared that you're going to get whipped by them. Oh, come on, no oh, come on now. I, I, I'll definitely back the, uh, the Bearcats. <laughs> okay, so you, you guys are maybe going to be shocked to know this, but there's actually only about 20 minutes left to go on the show, and we do have to take one more break. And one of the things that I was kind of itching to talk about today, uh, we may not be able to get too far into this issue here, but um, I got a call this week from a client of ours that we've done uh, deals for through the years. And last time I talked to him, we helped him out with a refi, and he was intending to do a remodel on his house in Paso Robles and then was going to sell it and take the profits from the sale to complete two others that he has currently as rentals and just this whole kind of the parlay, if you got it. Um, And he's called me up pretty freaked out in the course of the last year. Landscapes changed for him pretty dramatically. And he said it's because of the well issue in Paso Robles and that his property he feels now um, is more or less without value uh, or at least couldn't sell it for what, I mean, all the plans now have, been sort of derailed by this water issue in Paso, and I've heard about it too. Um, we're not going to have a lot of time to talk about it, but I'm curious to know from the realtor standpoint what that looks like, and I'm going to take advantage of having you on today. So okay. let's do this last commercial break. We come back. We'll talk a little bit more about that and wrap it up. Stick around for more Mortgage Matters. Mortgage Matters with host Dan and Jason will be right back. Join the conversation by calling 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. 
Central Coast Lending. Central Coast Lending. When you buy or refinance a home, just call 543 Loan. Just call 543 Loan. Just call 543 Loan. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. The state of denial is a drag and a trial. When I bought my cheap insurance, should have known this day would come. Now I've had an accident and I'm feeling quite alone. Called them at least 20 times, but they won't pick up the phone. Without personal service, my policy's kind of worthless. Get to a better state, State Farm. Switch to State Farm and you can save. To find out more in San Luis Obispo, call Agent Susan Rodriguez. When it comes to your mortgage, do you pay points or do you take the no-cost loan? Don't let your loan officer or banker choose for you. At Central Coast Lending, we help you decide. Numbers don't lie. We teach you to do the math so you can cut through the salesmanship and get the best loan for you. Because we can't be beat, we'll even teach you how to shop and compare other offers. We don't charge upfront fees, and we value every client. Call Central Coast Lending today at 543-LOAN. That's 543-5626. Central Coast Lending, the mortgage experts. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley & Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley & Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley & Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. You're listening to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. If you missed any part of the show, log on to centralcoastlending.com for archived shows and more. Now, back to your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. All right, everybody, welcome back to Mortgage Matters. Thanks for sticking around. We've got just the final segment here on the show. Joined by Will Barnaby. He's one of our top loan officers at Central Coast Lending. And then we've got Keith Jones, who's a up-and-coming. I'm going to call you up-and-coming. I don't think you've peaked yet. Uh, I don't think I've peaked either. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I don't think I'll ever peak, I hope. I yeah. hope to always have a focus of doubling my business each year. Good for you. I have already arrived at the position of um, complacency. No, okay, no, good. absolutely uh, not. All right, good. Um, the uh, like the law of diminishing returns. Okay. Like I I hit this point where I'm really good at keeping everything together and having as much communication with my clients and as I feel is necessary. Like right now, so business is slowed down. That's just a fact. 
Um, in fact, my pipeline is down by 50% of what it was prior to June. Wow. And, you know, it's really cool, though, is, and I like it because um, now when something happens, I can, like, give everybody an email, like an update of, hey, this is what's gone down. This is what's going to happen next. Um, and then uh, usually I can find time still to make a phone call to and say, hey, I sent you an email, but I just want to call you to and just let you know that this is the progress that we've made and these are the the next things that are on the horizon. And, um, and truth be told, when you're just buried, busy, doing the like 70 hours a week thing, you're putting out fires and usually responding to those high touch people that are um, calling every five minutes for something. And um, it just feels a little bit frenzied to me right now. I feel like I'm not only can I control it perfectly, but I'm enjoying the ability to, to give a higher level of care to everything. It's, it's all a trade off, but I I agree with that. And I can't say I've enjoyed the shift in the market this year as much as you. Yeah. Um, But you know, it, the shift is there and, you know, you can't deny that the, the pipeline's a little different on how to fill it these yeah. days. I mean, I would imagine from, from maybe from you guys where you have less refis coming in, your relationship with uh, the agents out there is, is more importantly. Yeah. Uh, like the focus of what you should You know, do. and what's funny, too, is that we never really um, eased off on, on working with realtors. And a lot of the loan officers of the last few years sort of neglected the realtors in um, – in the sense that the refis were the low-lying fruit, and so they didn't have to be there turning that circuit. So it's mm-hmm. kind of fun for me to see all of these loan officers showing up. You know, like if on a given week, and you could speak to this probably pretty well, one of my loan agent or one of my retail uh, realtor referral sources would see one to two loan officers a week um, a year and a half ago, and now they're seeing. 10 a week that are trying to get in front of them. Um, and most of the people that I work with and really depend on, I've sort of warned that that would be the case. Hey, watch when this thing slows down. Then you got all these, you know, uh, people coming out of the woodwork that didn't value you and your business then. And I hope that you won't forget how much I have throughout. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's a different climate, but I, for, I've been a little bit, um, welcome of it it's been nice at the same time um when you see something slow down I, that i hope that trajectory doesn't remain because if it falls by 50 percent each year i'm going to be in a soup line well, in I another year the thing is, is <laughs> the business is still there it's just how do you get it is i think what's really changed you know right so you just have to kind of quickly respond uh, yeah there's a quick shift this year yeah it really was hey so um Real quick, because I teased about it too, I want to know, um, you North County folk, what's the deal with the water? Um, I understand that the, let me just, no, I don't want to phrase it like that. I want to tell you what I've heard and what my impression is now, because I hope that you can shed some light on it. Okay. Here's what I heard. All right. All these vineyards have tapped into the water and they're drilling and using way too much, and they're draining the water table to a point where um, the residents in certain areas are now sort of dry and having to dip into their pocket to go deeper, and in some cases unable to hit water, and therefore um, properties in the outskirts of town 
uh, there's some real fear and concern about a lack of water or perhaps running out of water completely in years to come. Well, that's, I would say, the emotional side of things. I mean, people are running, their, their wells are running dry. People are having to drop their pumps and, and drill new wells. The, I don't know who's ultimately to blame. I think the fact is that they don't have a system. There's not an overlying water district that has any regulations or there's no control or uh, finding out who's pumping what. So I think it's still, uh, it's a big issue. It's an important you know, issue for real estate. It's a disclosure issue for, from my perspective at this point, and then seeking the knowledge. So, you know, at the, I'm lucky because at the Paso Robles Association uh, office, we've had speakers from the major uh, organizations and also, you know, a groundwater expert. So I've, I've, you know, went to those and gotten uh, some perspective. It's, it's still, it's going to be here for a while and we can't ignore it anymore. I think that's really where the development is. Okay. A little rain would help. You ain't has lying. Not, it has not rained up there in so long. And when it does, it just, you know, it's sprinkled. So, I mean, a little rain would definitely help us out and it might change some perspective. But like you said, you know, the wine industry really did boom in our area. There's been a lot of growth. We don't really know who is affecting the water table. I know that there's a lot of people that are very emotional about that. Um, but. You know, I'd like to see some real data. Maybe talk to somebody that drills wells for a living or somebody that knows more about the basin would be great, too, if there's any of you out there listening. The, the groundwater expert that came was, was probably the most, like, data that you could get. And then when you saw from, you know, the, the more of the homeowner organization, yeah. you saw the heart, you know, the, you know, my heart went out to them. And then from the agriculture, you understood the structure side of, you know, maybe some, some plans for the future. Yeah, um, but yeah, I think the groundwater expert, you know, was ultimately the the one that would give you the data so that you could, you know, kind of have perspective. Know where things are at. I had a friend who was telling me they they one of their family members owns one of the vineyards in Paso Robles. Yes, and they drilled their well, ran dry. They dropped the pump as far as it would go. Um, they made the decision to more or less abandon that well and move um, to another part of the property where they thought was, a, you know. Where there would be water. I don't know what goes into these decisions. I, I do watch some of those shows on the History Channel about the dudes that are drilling for oil and stuff. Um, at any rate, they went and drilled a second well, um, and the depth they had to go to hit water was shocking to everybody. Um, it didn't produce as much as they had hoped. And so they went to a third location and drilled another well um, that was even farther to get a water source that they think is going to be more dependable. When I hear about that from a winery, my heart breaks for them. Um, how could a homeowner, if you had you lived in a rural part of Paso Robles where you as a private residence were facing that. How can you justify the expense of moving your well or going deeper or whatever? Um, isn't it pretty expensive? I feel totally out of the loop, but I imagine it can't be cheap to get one of those um, drilling rigs out there and a crew that knows how to do that. It, I mean, we've got to be talking tens of thousands of dollars. It is. Yeah, it's tens of thousands. And just to drop the the pump, is expensive as well. I mean, you know, they're, it, it's scary for some of these homeowners, you know? Uh, yeah. I had to drop my 
I had to drop my pump, and I want to say it was three or four thousand, something along those lines. But I may be mistaken. It's been a bit. Wow. Yeah, it's definitely not cheap. Um, I I've heard a lot of solutions thrown out there. I mean, there definitely are possibilities creating water districts in certain areas. Um, you know that some of the outlying areas are. You know, you're talking about people on acreage, but it's still somewhat of a community. I know that we have a few smaller ones that that actually do have their own water districts, and hopefully that's something that people will start talking about. Um, but it's definitely going to start to delay new construction. Well, I, yeah, I don't think there's going to be very many subdivisions approved. You know, they're breaking ground on one in San Miguel right now that was already approved. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you're going to see some slowdown in, um, you know, in, in building, I, I really think it, it, it's going to put a further pressure on the inventory um, and, you know, probably will start affecting the supply and obviously the prices of things. The, the thing is, is I've closed a buyer since the issue's been out in a, with a well in a rural area, and I had no problem with it. You know, they, they moved from a few blocks away and they were they were aware of it. So I think it comes down to each property you know sure. when you're coming from a real estate perspective if i'm taking a listing and they're on a well we're going to get i would get a report you know done up front know where the water level's at where the pump's at and how deep the pump could be how the well is and how deep the pump could be dropped so then you have a plan of action or at least know where you're getting into so um you know if you're thinking of selling you know, you just need to do a little bit of investigating up front. And if you're thinking about purchasing, you need to do your due diligence so that you know you're safe. It's, I'm glad that the issue is at a level where it's raising awareness. I think everyone will agree that's what needs to be, you know, that's the best thing that's happening right yeah. now. There's a frenzy and it's causing a little bit, um, you know, too much. Uh, An emotional uh, overreaction. Yeah, it's affecting the market maybe a little more than it than it should, but it's been here for years. Yeah. So the funny thing is, though, is that usually things like this don't quite get the full ear of the public until it's too late. And so when I hear the buzz coming from everyone that, oh, yeah, there's a water crisis in Paso Robles, then I go, wow, maybe it's too late. Is it already too late? Probably not. And Will, I think you hit the nail on the head here. Um, some rain would be pretty epic. Rain would be good. All healing. I mean, and and there's other parts of the country right now where they're getting feet of rain. Yes. Um, what is with the with old Mother Nature? Um, not spreading it out enough. We could use a little more rain here. I don't know. San Bernardino is what a high desert. Didn't it flood a month ago? Yeah. They had they had flash floods. Well, and a, a friend of mine that lives in Austin was sending some pictures of twelve inches of rain overnight. That was, I mean, just wreaking havoc over the whole city. Yeah, and um, and I here thought, we can't buy it. Come on, let us get we let's take six inches over here. That would just be so much better. I was camping a couple weeks ago. I took the fam up to San Antonio, um, and San Antonio's at like. I don't know, five or something percent capacity now. Yeah. And we had been, I we went skiing out on Nacimento a couple times this summer, which was at like 30% capacity. And that was pretty shocking to pull up and be like, wow, look how low it is. Kind of wanted to scour the hillsides for tackle and like wedding rings and stuff. But 
my buddy Bill's house literally has it, it sits up on a hill, but it was on the lake and it has a rope swing, uh-huh. you know, where you'd swing and jump into the lake. Well, where <laughs> you would land right now is about a football field and a half from Away the from edge of the water. water. I mean, yeah. that's how dramatic the, the water level has dropped. You know, but it's going to be a difficult, you know, scenario for people to solve. And I think that there's a lot of emotion right now about it. But, I mean, let's not lie. There's a lot of economic, um, there's a lot of income coming from, you know, the industries. And it's one of the bigger industries in our area. And we also need housing. So it's definitely a problem that people are going to have to uh, come up with a a logical solution for that kind of works for everybody. So we need the we need the industry and we need the housing. Scott, you got to figure out how to get into the pocketbook. That's how you solve these problems. Money. Well, what I think is more importantly, like the short, it's going to be the band aid fixes. And I think from your perspective, from the is that you know are there programs? Because I've heard of programs where people can take money out to redrill a well. I think that's going to be a big thing that you know that that will should be focusing on. Like, what is it? How can I provide help for the? The residents the cash out refi, baby. More refinance for a purpose. Hey, uh, we're running out of time right now. I I did want to toss out a couple uh, websites here where people could get some information. There's a website that um, is P-R-A-A-G-S dot org. That's the... um, Let's see here. I want to I want to make sure that I get this right. It's the Paso Robles Agricultural Alliance for Groundwater. Um, Go Solutions. Sorry. Paso Robles Agricultural Alliance for Groundwater Solutions, which is P-R-A-A-G-S. Now, this one is, of course, looking at the agricultural side of things a little bit more. Great information to be found there. Um, the next website that you can go to to get some information is ProWaterEquity.org. This one's going to air on more of the side of the residential water concerns. Um, good opportunity for you to check it out and learn both. Um, so, and if you do need those uh, web addresses again, you can give us a call. We have them um, available this week at our office. The number is 543 Loan. Um, also, check out Central Coast Lending on the web. We're centralcoastlending.com or call us at 543-LOAN-543-5626. Also, Keith, thanks so much for coming on today. Thanks for having me. You guys can reach Keith Jones. He's off of the uh, Spring Street Keller Williams in Paso Robles. Number is 712-1399. And I think the the web is keithsellspasarobles.com. So be sure to check him out. Um, give him some business if you can. He's worthy of it. Will, thanks for taking time out on a Saturday to come in and help me do the show. Give Dan a day off that he most deserves. So if we can help you with anything loan-related, call us this week, 543-LOAN, 543-5626. Thanks so much for being with us. Have a great week.